we are excited for this weekend's state track and field meet. The action kicks off today with several field events, the 4x2 prelims and the 3200. In this episode, Cam and I break down each class, boys and girls, A and B, and tell you about the events you need to watch, athletes to keep your eyes on, and some of our predictions. Just a disclaimer, we do provide some predictions about who we think is going to win, who we think is going to come home with some hardware, and if you get freaked out by hearing that you don't want the pressure on yourself, now is your time to hit the pause button, listen to this episode later, or don't listen to it at all. We don't want anybody to have added pressure on themselves this weekend. So if you're one that kind of doesn't like the extra pressure, this is your chance. Hit the pause button and you can listen to the state recap or you can go back and listen to this one later. We are also excited to let you know that Cam is going to be at the state meet and he has a special project lined up. On Friday at 1.30, Cam will be on the south side of the locker rooms near the 300 meter start line. There he's going to be taking headshots for a fun project that we'll be working on. So at 1.30 p.m. on Friday, bring yourself, bring your teammates, and some fun ideas for photos. They're going to get posted to our social medias throughout the weekend. So if you have an event around that time, send us a message on social media. We'll try to line up something else and meet up for a photo. And if you just happen to bump into Cam while you're walking around the Bismarck Bowl, tell him hi. And be sure to ask him for a sticker too. He should have some of those left. So with that being said, good luck to each athlete competing this weekend. For more information on how to follow along, like finding live results or live streams, find our newsletter on Substack. You can find the link in our bio on Instagram for that or check out our Facebook page. But enough about all the ins and outs. Let's get to this episode, the state meet preview for 2022 for the Prairie Track and Field podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Enerson. And I'm your other host, Cameron Rayo. And today we are going to bring you everything you need to know about the 2022 State North Dakota, 2022 North Dakota State Track Meet and Field. We can't forget about our field events. We will cover those today as well. Cam, before we get going, just a little fun note. You took fifth in the Fargo Half Marathon. The Half Marathon debut as a racer. You paced one a few years ago. But just tell us, how's the body feeling? You're like, yeah, like five days out, three, yeah, four days I'm out, still, something. Still very tired. I took a nap. I've done everything I I can, but still very tired. Uh, so I'm hoping that I'm not twice as tired after I run the marathon later this summer. But uh, it went really well. Uh, I forgot how fun it is to race, and uh, yeah, it was just a blast. It was got to run with some friends I hadn't ran with in a while and dropped a few of them and got dropped by some others. So you know, that, that's racing. So yeah, yeah it was a blast. sometimes, sometimes it'd be like that. I think that's what the kids say, right? Kids say, yeah, it's gotta be. All right. Well, we want to get you listening to this episode as soon as you can. Now we gave this disclaimer last year and I know some of you really appreciated it. If you're somebody that doesn't like pressure on yourself, don't listen to this episode. Maybe listen to it after the state meet. But if this is going to freak you out, if this is going to, you feel like you're going to listen, if you feel like you're, oh my gosh, I'm expected to perform this way or that way, 
then don't listen. This is your chance. Hit the pause button, turn it off, go listen to a different podcast. But um, if you are somebody that likes the pressure or just loves track and field like we do, then we hope you keep listening. But Cam, we're going to talk Class A boys first. What is one event that you're going to be watching or maybe a couple of events that you're going to have your eyes on for the Class A boys? Well, Ryan, with the exception of Thursday, I'm going to be there Friday and Saturday watching every single meet. So don't get it twisted that I'm only watching one meet. Uh, but, I mean, you know, the listeners know, you know, I ran distance. Distance is where it's at. Most compelled by the distance events. So Class A boys, I'm going to be watching those distance events. Uh, the weather has not produced the same times that, well, yeah, you know, I'll blame it on the weather. You know, it's been, everybody knows it's been a crappy spring, you know, so the weather is not allowed for the same blitzing fast times in like the mile in the two mile, like we saw last year. But when the weather has been good, the, the guys have taken their shots. Uh, and especially in the 800, we have some crazy fast seed times. Uh, Brady Corsmo from Bismarck, Caden Johnson from West Fargo, Cheyenne. They're leading the charge. Both have run. 155 their seed times only separated by tenths by a tenth 12 hundredths um so you know the 800 is is going to be i think the the big big event to watch if you go down the list you got to go all the way to number 17 before you get somebody who ran a time slower than two minutes so crazy you know, and, and qualifying is like 2017 or something like that. So uh, loads and loads of guys, you know, the 800 is one of those interesting events too. It's like the last distance event on day two. You'll have guys who run the mile, who've run the four by eight, who've run the two mile, and then they got to come back and do the 800. So it's interesting to kind of see who's chosen to run all those events and who hasn't, who's fresh. Really, it can be anybody's race. So yeah, definitely. And then looking at the 1600 as well, that's going to be a really good race. And something I made a comment about earlier is last year we had insane times. It was the greatest year in distance running in North Dakota history. There's no question about it. And while the times might not be as fast this year, I think they're just as competitive. Like you said, with that 800, that many guys in the mix running sub two, that's going to be special. And then we see the same thing in the 16. We see the same thing in the 32. There's a lot of guys that are just, you know, places um, might be separated. Like you look at a, a second through like seventh in the two mile and that's all under 930. So there's some really good competition that's about to go down. And of course, too, everybody runs faster at state. Like you just know that. Yeah, the the depth is is just insane. I mean, I feel like when I was running 430, if you could run under 4:30, you were almost like, oh yeah, I'm for sure gonna place. Uh, 4:30 is you know, 16th, you know, on the descending order list. So, um, yeah, I mean, at the top, seed times close together. In the middle, seed times close together. You know, it, it can really anybody could be anybody's race on the day. You know, it's just all depending on how you're feeling. And yeah, it'll be it'll be good to watch for sure. Yeah, no question about it. One event that I'm going to be following along with, I think, is that what you were going to say? I was going to say, I mean, you had you had kind of highlighted an event in our Howard Wood recap 
um, that you were excited about um, in the state. So, you know, why don't you talk about that? Yeah, and I don't want this point to be lost on anybody because this is a really big deal. We have nine guys with seed times under 11 seconds in the Class A Boys 100. And I don't know, I can't think of the last time that happened. And it, this could be a first in North Dakota history to have this many guys coming into the meet. Now we've had state meets that are really fast. Guys push each other and we do see a lot of sub-11s. But to come into the meet with this many, I I don't remember. So if somebody's listening and they do remember a time in history this happened, let us know. But we are led by Carson Haggerly out of West Fargo. The senior ran 10-6-1 um, towards the end of the season. Not far behind him, Dawson Hawkinson from Bismarck who ran 10 6 We've got Dylan McLaughlin from Legacy, 10-7-1. And like we just go down all the way through number nine. Um, John Gores from Shanley, 10-99. So things are looking really, really good in the 100. One thing to watch, we always have just the craziest winds in the bowl. You either get a face full of wind and you're eating wind the whole way down the home stretch, or there's years where the, the wind is just massive from behind. So that's going to play a factor as well, kind of the speed versus the strength. It sounds weird to say that in the 100, but some of your guys that have the faster foot speed and get up and rolling, that's going to be harder for them versus the guys that are more powerful with the good starts. So I'm I'm really interested to see what happens in the 100 and i mean we've got fast times in the 200 as well we got a couple guys under 22 which is really great but i think the sprints are going to be really really special this year at the state meet yeah and the always interesting you know kind of twist the ripple in the story of the sprints is you know those they they have to go through prelims so Mm -hmm. you know we do have nine guys in the 100 under 11 uh, the Bismarck Bowl, it's always a nine-person nine final, I believe, Ryan. Yeah. And so, so you, you would, you would kind of expect you to see those nine guys who broke an 11 in, in the final. Um, but, I mean, kind of the theme, it, it's deep, you know, 10, 11, 12, and 13, and seed time 14 uh, are all 11, under 11.1. So, you know, yeah. it's, it'll be interesting. Uh, always the drama, the drama of track and field. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you got to account for these guys running in different races too. Some of them are going to go hop in field events. And you just never, like you said, you can never know when it comes to the state meet. You've got you to survive in advance. And some people are able to do it. Some, that they get tired legs or whatever happens. But I think the cool thing is all year we've kind of looked at distance times. Like, We've talked about this in all the college recaps we've done, how distance times are just insane this year. And like a four sub four minute mile in the NCAA was you had to go way under sub four to qualify for indoor championships. But like we see this in the hundred as well. Like the hundred is way faster this year and it's just across the board. It's crazy. So keep your eyes on the the hundred and and the two and the four. They're gonna be good races. Yeah. Uh, I mean, speaking of times too, Ryan, uh, kind of just one other at, or one of the other athletes that we were, uh, talking about before we started recording, going into the state meet to keep our eye on is Carter Aldi from Grand Fork Central. Um, at the EDC meet, he won the hundred, 110 hurdles. He won the 300 hurdles and he won the 400 meter dash. So, uh, and 
his 300 meter hurdles time at EDC was a meet record. So, I mean, there, you know, the people are going off, you know, it doesn't even matter the distance anymore. You know, people are just ripping fast times. Um, 110 hurdles, 300 hurdles, 400, 800, you know, like, I bet, you know, there, there's no data on this, but I bet even the throwers, the shot put is being thrown uh, faster, you know, and <laughs> so. well, well, we'll have to get some, uh, some measurements on that. One yeah. interesting thing about Carter LD, uh, last year, Grand Fork Central uh, had a state champion in Jack Erlocker. He took the pole vault in a state meet record, which was really, really awesome. You can find that video you should go back and watch it if you've never seen it it's awesome the whole bowl just erupts when he clears the bar but carter ld could become just the second central knight to win an individual state title since 2008 so back in 2008 grand fork central had double state champs keith bennett in the pole vault and then prentice mckay in the triple jump so wow. since 2008 central's only had one individual state champion and who knows? We'll keep our eyes on Mr. LD and see if he can make it uh, the number two guy since 2008. One in, one individual state champion on the boys' side. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yes, yes. We're talking, we're talking boys. We're talking boys. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Ryan, yes. hey, I, I mean, I feel like we're talking a lot about Grand Fork Central, you know, but – you're a Red River guy, so there's got to be some some Red River guy you're uh, you got your eye on. Yeah, keep your eyes on Logan Harrison. Um, the guy is just a monster in the throws. He's leading the state in the discus and the javelin right now, and the dude's a gamer. Don't be surprised if he throws a huge shot put mark and uh, just kind of comes not out of nowhere. I think he's ranked fourth in that as well. But yeah, great athlete. He's having a tremendous season. Just the fifth Red River athlete to qualify in all three events in Red River history, and I should clarify all three throws events, um, but I believe the first one since 1997 to qualify in all three events too. So, yeah, really great athlete, so keep your eyes on him this weekend at the Bowl. So, Sweet. yeah, let's transition next. Uh, you know, we've been talking Class A boys, but we might as well talk some Class A girls while we're at it. So, Cam, who should we keep our eyes on as far as Class A girls go? Man, Ryan, I think you can pretty much sum up the Class A girls state meet by three athletes. Ooh. Antoinette Nabway, CCD Bomb, and Aaron Palmer. There's three athletes from the Class A girls that you need to watch. Why? Is those three. Why, why do I need to watch them, Cam? Oh, you don't know, Ryan? <laughs> Well, I well okay, I'll get us started. I'll get us started with Antoinette Nabwe, and you can you can take us home. But uh, Antoinette is from Jamestown. She's a University of Minnesota commit. Last year, she just lit up the state meet, won an event in the throws. I believe it was the shot put. And then I believe she came back and also won the 100 as well. So um, just an incredible athlete. Excuse me. She took second in the 100 behind CCD bump, but to be able to win the 100 and then also to win the shot put. Like, what? What? Yeah. That's insane. That's insane. So, yeah, she right now, she also won the discus last year. Like, she's really good. Um, but this year, she's ranked first in all three throws. So, just like we talked about with Logan Harrison, 
We've got Antonetch leading the shot put, the discus, and the javelin. And then not only that, but she's ranked fourth right now in the 100. So we're just talking an incredibly explosive athlete. I'm sure that's what the University of Minnesota saw. Um, somebody that's just very talented. And she's got a chance to do something really special at this meet. So keep your eyes on her for sure. Yeah. Just, I mean, how often do you see that somebody who excels so much in the throws and is also, you know, uh, top ranked top five in the state in the sprints, you know, I mean, it, it makes sense. You know, they're both very explosive events, so it, it should not be a surprising thing to see. Um, but yeah, what do you, what do you got, Ryan? You know, I was just going to say, I remember in college, we would watch the throwers do all their work. They would do some kind of sprints on the side and, our coach has always said, like, the sprinters could hang with just about anyone for the first 10 meters or so. The, the throwers could. The throwers could hang with anybody for the first 10 meters. Yes. Yeah, the throwers, like, out of the blocks, you know, they they can stick with anybody. They're explosive. They're fast. They're quick. Now, get further into the race. They're going to they're gonna fade quite a bit. But, yeah. you know, um, if good throwers need to be explosive. And that's just what it comes down to. Like, you look at this is like getting off topic. We'll get back soon. But if you even look at like the transformation of shot putters in the last few years, like look at Maggie Ewan, um, who trains at MSUM. She throws for Nike. She was a world championships qualifier uh, in Doha in 2019. Like she's an athlete. She's not like your typical, like huge, like ripped, like busting out of her Jersey type athlete. Like she's just like super cut and super strong and super explosive. And, like, that's what you need. Like, the explosiveness is probably way more important than if you can put 800 pounds on the bench and, and do it. Like, I don't know. Just a little side tangent, but some fun tidbits for you listeners. God, I love track and field. Yeah. We can tell, Ryan. <laughs> Who else do we need? Who was the second athlete that we needed to keep our eyes on? Oh, the second athlete, CCD Bomb. We've talked – at length about what a great season she's had. She's climbing up the record books, not just at Davies uh, where she's already at the top, but we're talking the state record books, all time marks um, in multiple events. <clears throat> she has the leading mark in the girls long jump right now, 19 feet, seven inches. That is over a foot farther than the next closest athlete. Um, and then just, you know, uh, not surprising that explosiveness from the jumps, you know, translates to the, to the sprints or rather probably the, the speed from the sprints is translating for her to the jumps. Um, first in the hundred hurdles, uh, first in the 200, first in the hundred meters going in her hundred meter time, 11, nine. Uh, the only time <clears throat> from the qualifiers that is under 12 seconds. Um, you know, Davies has got, he's got a great team surrounding her, but you know, I mean, I don't think you could win the state meet with 40 points, but if you could, you know, my money would be on CCD bomb. Yeah. And I just don't want to forget like how good that 19 mark is in the long jump. Like, that's insane. 19 feet, 7 inches for a high school junior. That's crazy. Incredible. So, I don't know. She'll be one to watch this weekend. Like, just the environment. Like, we talked about 
yeah, you get the energy inside the stadium. Everybody's watching a certain event, getting the clap going, whatever, you know, have some fun with it. But like, yeah, like she could very easily go over 20 feet this week, which would be awesome. Ryan, do you think sometimes like the, the pressure or like the, the fatigue of a state meet uh, takes, takes away some of the pressure? And that even when you're feeling the most tired, all you're focused on is like whatever event you currently have. And, and that is kind of what can propel you, you know, kind of the, the relaxing of your mind can propel you to these, you know, crazy performances in the most unlikely circumstances. Yeah. Like, you know, something I've learned in the decathlon, like having so much variation can be so good because you just like, if you get too laser focused on one thing, like it's tough to be focused for a really long time on one event. But if you're running back and forth or like you've got the hundreds and then you got a quick run over and long jump and then you got to go back and hurdle. Like, I think that does help a lot of people. Now, everyone's a little different. There's some people that do love the hyper focusedness of, I don't even know if that's a word, hyper focusedness, but they just love being laser focused on one event at a time. But I mean, if you go back and listen to the Hannah Arison interview, like she talked about at conference, like, they started the HEP. She was going to different events and doing some of her high jump during day two of the heptathlon and was throwing some open javelin while they were waiting for the rest of the events to finish up. And she said that helped her a lot. So I think I think you're right. And also, I just think like when it's the state meet, like the adrenaline is just so high. Like for you science people, like, I don't know, your, your epinephrine, your norepinephrine, just like going through the roof. So that's my take on it. What do you think? Well, I think we're going to start a, sci- a side podcast uh, only talking about science for all the science nerds out there. So uh, love science. I love science and I love track and field. What can I say? Great. So <laughs> let's talk about our third individual that we need yeah. to watch. Sorry about this, that. <laughs> this, this athlete, Perhaps, perhaps she can navigate the terrestrial and the aquatic environments better than anybody at this meet because Aaron Palmer is going to the University of Utah for swimming and track and field. And she leads the state in two events, a very, very impressive 800. 211 is her seed time coming in. Last year, if you go back and look at the results, she faded pretty hard in the eight. Um, she did not place as well as she would have liked to and so we're hopefully going to see a little bit of vengeance there um and then as far as the 400 goes she's been cooking this year so at howard wood she won the four and the eight and just like both very impressive races from start to finish was able to hold it off this year her seed time in the four 55 92 and that's like that's no joke that's fast so always fun to see people that try to go for the 2-4 double. Always fun to see people go for the 4-8 double. A little bit more demanding because you have the the prelim with the 4 um, that just you know adds on to the tired legs. But uh, it'll be fun to see what Aaron Palmer can do. Yeah, the 4-8 the double is a beast. I would not wish that double on anybody. Uh, and you would you would – I would assume, you know, that she would also be possibly be doing the four by eight. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of hard running on your legs before your individual finals. Uh, and then maybe following it up with a four by four to end off the, end off the meet, you know, so 
Um, but yeah, like you said, in the 800, that her seed time that she ran down at Howardwood, third fastest in state history. Um, so she is the real deal. Uh, if anybody can, you know, take on the challenge of, of those, you know, grouping of races, uh, it's, it's Aaron. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Two tidbits I'm going to throw in and then we better move on to our next event group. Um, so four, eight, double, just to put it into perspective. I remember when Jacob Richter did it back in 2015, he was the first male athlete to do it in state meet history. Um, and that was like just 2015. So just very, very hard to do that. No one had done it before Jacob Richter then. And then the other thing I wanted to throw in is just one last event to keep your eyes on the girls. Uh, 1600 is going to be really good. Only a few seconds separate uh, one, two, and three. Anna Leon, um, Ellie Sondog and Eleni Lovgren. All three of them are like pretty big time college recruits. So Eleni's going to Augustana division two powerhouse in the distance. Ellie is just recently signed with the University of North Dakota. And then Annaline is signed with the University of Minnesota. So uh, there'll be some firepower in the girls 1600. Do you have anything you want to add there, Cam? No, I, I think that race is going to competitive wise, that, that one will be also one to watch. So glad you brought that one up. Yeah. So Cam, I, I still don't really know why, but you're a huge kindred guy. Like I've never quite been able to figure out your affinity for kindred. Um, so just tell us a little bit about the class B boys. Cause there's a lot of kindred boys that'll be scoring points this weekend. Class B. I mean, I, I haven't run the numbers, so I don't actually know, but I would have to say that, that this is kindred state title to lose. Um, I you, mean, heard it, you heard it here first. Yeah, yeah super, super official hot take right there. This is Kindred title to lose. Uh, my my hot take is based on these these observations. In the shot put, mm -hmm. Kindred boys have the first, third, fourth, and fourteenth ranked shot putters. Oh my! The discus they have the first and third ranked shot putters discus um, throwers first and third ranked discus throwers discus throwers yeah okay. I, mean, I was still just hung up on how incredible their, their shot put you know <clears throat> quartet is um you know it basically basically it's just those two two events that you know to me showed that uh they're gonna win the state title as the team no that's not true uh we talked earlier about paul olson Kind of the uh, the surprise of the <laughs> surprise of the the season, you know, had never done track before, and he is balling out, uh, tied for first in the boy in the high jump, six foot eight, uh, qualifying mark. He'll definitely be one to watch. Uh, you think the guy can just jump though? No, dude's got wheels too. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Yeah, he is currently ranked first in the 400, 50.91. Yep. 50.91. So, yeah, you're right. Those are some and, wheels. And and fourth in the 100. I don't know if you said that, but. Oh, no, I did not say that one. So, yeah. So, I mean, and I mean, if Paul, you know, as interesting and ingrained of a story as Paul is, you know, he's, he's not the only kindred, uh, top-ranked kindred runner in the sprints. 
Uh, they have the fourth ranked in the 200, Jaden Peraza, and you know, just just a really really well-rounded team, uh, the Kindred Vikings. So you know those <clears throat> those guys. I mean, when you have two guys who are ranked in the top top eight in the 200, that's going to set you up pretty well in the relays too, four by two and the four by four. So, yeah. Yeah, um, no no question about it. Um, Jaden Peraz is one of the ones that's tied for high jump, uh, tied with Paul Olson at 6'8". Pretty impressive to have two Class B guys jumping 6'8 in the same season. And, I mean, even crazier from the same school, both from Kindred. Um, so just a fun fact. Uh, somebody else that I'm going to keep my eyes on, friend of the podcast, Ian Bush. Um, wouldn't be surprised if he's wearing his Prairie Track and Field podcast T-shirt at the state meet one of the days. Um, yeah, we we do love to see that. Right now, he's currently ranked first in three events. He's first in the 800 with seed time of 157.08. He's going to have freshman Taylor Warner from Bowman County nipping at his heels, though. Taylor also ran 157 earlier this season, so that's going to be a good race. Um, and that's always at the end of the meet, too, so you never know um, what guys on tired legs do. So we jump up to the 1600, Ian Bush. Um, 425 ranked first. This time, a different Warner brother, Austin Warner of Bowman County, is ranked second with 433. So he will also be chasing Ian as uh, they go around the track four times. And then the two mile, Ian Bush, um, leading with 947. That's 11 whole seconds faster than the second ranked guy. So it'll be fun. Um, I think of some of the just class B legends that have kind of come through and cleaned up on the distance events, like. Isaac Huber did it probably most recently. Um, there's just a lot of history of distance runners going for the triple and completing the triple. And it's going to be really cool to see if Ian can etch his name in history with the triple. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be really fun to watch that. Uh, I mean, Taylor Warner, freshman running 157. That is absolutely berserk. That yeah. is, I, I don't, if you don't know, you don't know, but that's, that's very impressive. You know, I was, I was happy running like 210 or like 204 as a freshman. (laughs) Uh, Again, we're just seeing, you know, the 800, I'm telling you, this is, this is kind of the year, the 800 on the boys side, class A and class B. So, um, yep. That'll be, yeah. And like you, like we've been saying 800 towards the end of the meet, you know, gives that extra level of, you know, excitement and uh, a little bit of uh, uncertainty. You know, you don't really know what's going to happen, how everybody's legs are going to feel. So, you know, I mean, Coach Larson would always tell us <clears throat> going into the conference meet, you know, throw the throw the time sheets out the window. You know, we're here to compete and we're here to race. Uh, it doesn't matter how fast you ran in the regular season. It matters how fast you run on the day. Uh, and that's why that's why you run the race. So, um Ryan, hey, I was exactly I was just, right. I was just looking at the at the uh, the entries again, uh, and my my assumptions about the Kindred relay were correct. They have the top seed time in the four by two, so that'd be big points right there. Uh, and then I was also looking down at like the pole vault. They got two guys in the pole vault uh, who are ranked. So I mean, I'm just yeah. I'm just. I'm just making myself look really good right now, right? <laughs> you, 
you are you are um i would say if we if we went to go lay down some bets somewhere um kindred probably be the one that would be the favorite for sure but can you say three guys ranked in the top eight in the pole vault i mean come on last two things i want to point out class b boys and then we can move on to class b girls uh we mentioned him in a previous episode but madden thorson leading the state in the 110 hurdles and the 300 hurdles for class b with a name like madden you'd think we'd be on the gridiron but no we're talking track the harvey wells county seniors run 1538 for the 110s and he's also ran 3982 for the 300 so be on the lookout for him and then camp there's a name that i need to tell you and i want you to just see if you can tell me anything about this athlete okay kevin gilmore from Beulah. Do you remember why that name's important? Oh, no. Our friend Kevin was the athlete last year that didn't use any blocks at the state meet. Yes. He was a junior. Now he's a senior. And let's just say Kevin is back. The man is ranked third in the 200. He's ranked third in the 100. And I am so excited to see if he's learned how to use blocks since last year or if he's still just going with the standing start. I mean, when you're that fast, sometimes blocks slow you down. So keep an eye on him. When you're at the meet, you're going to have to text me and tell me if he's standing starts or if he's using his blocks. Okay, I got to go. I got to go find and talk to Kevin. Big Kevin fans on the podcast here. Huge Kevin fans. All right. We've got one final group of athletes that we need to cover the class b girls now there's a couple interesting storylines heading into this one we've got one athlete to watch we've got one event to watch and then another event where we're going to have two people duking it out uh, for our first and second so cam who do we need to watch who's our athlete to watch on the girls side yeah uh kelsey belquist the current leader in four events ryan yeah yeah four events uh she leads the 200 meter dash 24 94 she leads the 400 meter dash 56 44 i mean that 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 is nearly two seconds faster in the 400 two seconds faster than the next closest um and then also leads both hurdles ryan Leads the 100 hurdles on the girls' side. She's run 1493, which is almost a whole second faster than second place. And then also leads the 300 hurdles in a time of 43.16, which is over four seconds faster than the next athlete. And kind of crazy in the 300 hurdles, uh, our second-ranked athlete, Brinley Differding uh, from Lisbon, is only a seventh grader. So... Um, really going to be fun to watch Kelsey and see if she can bring home four titles for New Rockford Cheyenne. And she's only a sophomore herself, so she might be somebody that we're going to have to keep our eyes on for the next several years. Yeah, that, I mean, oh man, that I was talking about how hard the 4-8 double was going to be, but I mean, the the quadruple, is there, there's prelims in every one of those events, isn't there, Ryan? There is, so she'll take the track if things go her way, she'll take the track eight times. Man, that Godspeed. 
Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is this is the first year, right, that we've gone to a three-day meet where we, instead of just Friday, Saturday, it's gone Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So you would maybe think, okay, well, one of those events has to be on Thursday. At but least the a- Oh, go for it. You're going to say at least what? At least a prelim. There's got to be at least one of those prelims on the Thursday, right? You'd think so, but it's no, it's not. All of her events still fall on Friday and Saturday. So she'll have eight events over two days, which is going to be wild. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah. So I I got, I have no words for that. That sounds really hard. Yeah. It's, it'll be fun to watch. It's going to be really cool to see if she can pull it off. And I mean, it seems like some of them, like you'd think she'd be a sure bet, but at the same time, like we've said, you never know with track and field. You just can never count anyone else out when the time comes. Yeah, I mean, you throw in, you know, two hurdle races in there, and uh, you know, you practice all season for your form and speed. But you know, I I swear, sometimes hurdles bite back, man. They just... That's so yeah, that's so true. So we'll see, but we're excited to see if Kelsey can pull off the quadruple. Yeah. Now there's there's one event that I think we really need to pay attention to uh, as the meet goes on, and this is on the field side of things. We said at the beginning of the episode we'd give the field people some love, and we have been uh, throughout most of this episode. But Cam, listen to this. What if I told you that first and second place in the girls' shot put was decided by half an inch right now heading into the meet? That's insane. All right. Now what if I told you that one, two, and three were separated by less than five inches well i would say that's a competition i definitely want to go and watch yes so like we said with the new schedule it's going to be important that you know which events are going on which day b girl shot put's going to be going on at 11 30 a.m on friday and so that's pretty good because there's some um some good events going on like we'll have this class a 1600 final um, going on at 11.45, but that's kind of like a, a quiet period on the track. 400 prelim, if you want to see that, sure, go ahead. But um, B-Girl shot put final might be really interesting. So right now, our leader is Lake and Roney from Oaks. She's thrown 38, 11 and a half inches. Rebecca Borer from Stanley, uh, just a throws powerhouse school, has thrown 38, 11. So they're separated by a half inch. And then Emily Kinsler of Edgley Calm has thrown 38-7. So she's got her hat in the ring too. And I think it's going to be a really, really good competition. Um, within that top 10, we also have two athletes from Griggs, Midcota. So that might be uh, fun to see if they can move up the leaderboard a little bit. But yeah, I think if you had to pick one event to watch, you might want to go watch the girls' class be shot put. Yeah. And I mean, we we saw people show up like, in mass last year to watch Caden Pastion throw mm-hmm. in, in the discus in the shot put. So, you know, the, the North Dakota track and field fans are, are knowledgeable when they know that there's good competition, they'll go and watch. So it would be, be really fun to, to see, see a big, big group of people, you know, going down there cheering on that competition and just really making it the, the atmosphere that, you know, that it deserves, you know, having, any any time, regardless of distance or mark or whatever, you know, anytime you have athletes that are that closely matched, it's going to be entertaining. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to to watching that. 
Cam, you are going to be at the state meet. You get that beautiful privilege, and I will be here in Iowa. Woo! So just tell us this. If people want to come find you at the state meet, if they want to get a little interview to get on the podcast, or we're going to be doing something really fun this year at the state meet, where can they find you? What days can they find you? And what the heck should they do when they find you? Well, first thing that they can look for is I'll be wearing my Prairie Track and Field podcast t-shirt. I'll be rocking that. So you can find me uh, by looking for our logo on my on my chest. Um, but the plan is to post up on the south. Was it, you said the south side, Ryan? Everybody I, I, knows where the scoreboard is. Everybody I, knows where the locker rooms are. So I'll be there uh, working on a little project. We're going to try and get as many headshots as we can of athletes, fans, whoever wants to come get their picture taken. You know, we'll do it. We'll do it nice. We'll do it real nice. We'll do the portrait mode on the iPhone, you know, and uh, we'll, we'll put those together, assemble those for a little photo journal or whatever you want to call it. But I will be uh, on the South side of the track by the locker rooms, by the, <clears throat> by the scoreboard on Friday uh, at one thirty from 1.30 to 2 o'clock. There's a bit of a break in the action then, uh, and we'll be, we'll be there for sure then. And, you know, maybe we'll, we'll set up another time, but just pay attention to the Instagram story. If I didn't make the directions clear, there'll be a picture. I'll show you where it is, and, uh, and we'll just have some fun with it. We'll see what we can uh, make together. So, Yeah, that'll be good. Make sure you follow the social media. Cam will be posting on Instagram where he's going to be throughout the whole weekend. and really we just it boils down to this athletes go out give it your best it's the state meet have a lot of fun like that's what it's all about enjoy yourself compete hard and most of all good luck so cam any parting words of wisdom oh it's uh it's the best weekend one of the best weekends of the year so uh, yeah just enjoy it weather looks like it's gonna be nice so uh let's just let's have a party huh and run run fast throw far and jump high and get your head shot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll give you some updates as the meet goes on. Um, but otherwise, we will see you with our state meet recap. Thanks for listening.